one successful business is going to allow everybody to win. And so that's why Asians come here and they group up. They're like, bro, we don't need everybody to have their own individual business. We just need one of these to pop off. And a lot of times what happens is we come over here like, no, this is my shit. Like, this is my business and this is mine. And you go over there and you build yours. I never approach anything like that. I have my own thing because I got to, because it's hard to get people to support what you have going on. But I support everything that other people have going on. I'm. This is really Raphael's podcast. I just be supporting him. I don't get no money off of this. And so like, but that's, that's the way it should be. I do it because I've always wanted it to happen for me. I've always wanted a strong number two. I could never get a strong number two, so I had to be the number two for somebody else. And so what I would say is that the family is the bank. The family can do everything that the individual cannot do. Sweet Talk Me, episode 103. Are we on the air? What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Yes, sir. Donald the Voice here tapping in, letting you know that this episode features the gentleman from the Black Weather Renaissance. The first couple of minutes of the audio was a little bit spotty, so we're going to pick up where the fellas are introducing themselves, and uh, this episode is amazing. So let's get into it. I'm David Bellard, uh, one quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance. What Black Wealth Renaissance is is a movement that educates the community on financial literacy, investing, and ownership um, through positive messages and sharing tools, resources, and tips that they can use to build and attain wealth. Uh, we accomplish this through our podcast, the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, one of the top podcasts in the world. Uh, our group, BWR Academy, our, we have weekly classes, weekly budgeting calls, accountability calls, our financial classes, our products, our events. We're doing a whole lot of different things within the community, um, all about upliftment and just trying to inspire the next next generation. Yep, uh, and even just add on a little bit with David's story, we got started. What's your uh, name, brother? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, how y'all doing? I'm Jerry Spiller, another fourth of the Black Book Renaissance. Um, to add on a little bit with what David was saying, how we got started, uh, we were college roommates and uh, we originally read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, we started listening to uh, Todd's podcast, the original, original version. Um, <laughs> and the like, Todd yeah, in that podcast. Yeah, like back when it was that. <laughs> Love too, but before he even had Rashawn, like it, it was before, like before the Rolex, <laughs> yes. before the Millie, Ty Millie, before the Millie. <laughs> but like, uh, so we were, you know, listening to all this different stuff, like kind of learning a little bit more, and we wanted to help to bring resources to our community. We started seeing that it was something that wasn't well talked about. Um, I had gotten them to read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and we just really you needed to go for it. Yeah, no, I pestered the hell out of them until they read it. And then from there, like, we learned, like I said, got started, really just never stopped from there. We wanted to spread that message to everybody, like, help everybody start learning about financial literacy. Mm -hmm. And real quick, just want to hop in and give Charles his flowers, because I always have to. Um, with Black Boy Friend and Sons, I got to let him know that he's always been instrumental in it, because he's the guy that inspired us, right? We were listening to his podcast. I'll never forget the day, October 31st. I'm listening to his podcast. We've been talking about Black Boy Friend sauce for a while. We had seen Charles in the beginning. Uh, we shared some of his content. He shared a lot of our content in the beginning. They've really been a supporter from day one. And like listening to his podcast, he had HBCU Wall Street on. They said simple stuff. Post three, four times a day. Keep going. 
keep it going. I like, hey man, we can do this shit. Text my brother, started the next day, and he was like the, one of the first people to comment on our stuff. He said, dope. Yeah. And I, I remember that shit. Like, <laughs> man, it is. I gotta give you your flowers because you always been supporting of us. And like, we pro- we couldn't be in this position now without you first plant, helping plant the seed, and then helping it grow too. That's dope. That's dope, man. I appreciate it. Um, so you guys have come a long way. Did you ever think that you would get to where you are now? You guys have a half a million followers. You have your own university. You have uh, the podcast is blown up. Did you guys expect to be here? Honestly, at the beginning, that wasn't what we thought it would be. Like we we knew it was something that we wanted to see and people needed, but we didn't think it was gonna grow to become what it is now. Like yeah. this multimedia platform that is really like a financial education and entertainment platform mm-hmm. all in one uh, and just providing different tools and resources to the community. But at the same time, like I feel like we've come so far, but we still have so far to go. You yeah. know, like just continuing to grow as business owners and develop and like impact the community on the level that we can. Yeah. So before we get into the tweets, I do have another question that I've asked you guys in person, but I think it would benefit the listeners. Um, can we talk to you guys about how you keep it together? Because you guys are on stage and I was like, you know, I always say it's difficult to work with other dudes, but you guys are four dudes and you've been doing it for, you said like two years. How do you keep it together? Uh, I'm you take I was going to say like we, so like I said before, at least with like, so there's four of us total, me, Jalen, David, Kelly, right? Jalen uh, had been best friends with David since like they were little kids. Uh, me, David and Kelly were all roommates. So like we, I mean, not like really on a lot of conflict stuff, but we already kind of knew each other. We had a vibe for like each other's moves and stuff. Like it really wasn't a hard time working yeah. together. And none of us really have uh, issue being open. Like yeah. I can say something that I know he doesn't agree with and it won't be a problem. Like, yeah. We'll talk about it. I might see his point. He might see my point, and then we move on from there. Like it's never like those type of things have never been a big issue. So yeah. like that, that's how we've been able to make it work. Like, we just all communicate together. Yeah, and with that too, I think like we we cool about not always being right. Like if if three of the pe- the members, three fourths of us say, "Hey, it's gonna go this way," I'm not gonna be combative and be like, "I right, no no, we're gonna do it this way." Like we just gotta understand it's it's a democracy in this yeah. thing. To, to what extent would you say that the mission alone kind of drives you? Because I think sometimes it's important to have a vision and a mission that's so big that you don't even really care about the small stuff that you run, ac- run across. And I think that that's what's cool with what you guys are doing is it's something that like you can't accomplish alone. Like you really can't close the wealth gap alone. You need people, but it's also something that it keeps you focused on the long term. So to what extent would you say that that vision uh, matters as, as much to keep the, the, the group together? Hundred percent, like it's it's integral. I'll say it like that. It's it's necessary. It's always got to be kept at the forefront. I know yeah. for me, like the messages from people that always lights that fire under me. Because like every now and again, I can't lie to anybody. Yeah. It's hard at times, man. Like you know, we're working trying to build Black Wealth Renaissance to grow it to be the media company and business that we know it can be. But we also still have lives and responsibilities and things that we have to take care of outside of it. Yeah. So it's like growing the business, and then at times whenever you come across those challenging times, or whenever you just don't feel like doing the work, mm-hmm. that message of like that one person that hits you with that keep going. I get a lot of keep going. It's like. Man, what y'all doing is, is so important, bro. Don't you ever stop doing it. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's stuff like that on the day where I'm down, it'll always just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, like ah. All right. <laughs> um, 
Which one of you guys was the person that quit their job to go full-time entrepreneur? Was it you or to uh, somebody else? So Jalen quit and I quit. Jalen actually yeah. just re-entered the workforce. Uh-huh. Um, he started the job as an insurance adjuster. And I'm still full-time entrepreneur. Really? Yeah, between this one, this, Black Wolf Renaissance, I have another Instagram page, Black Wolf Movement. Uh, right. Do social media marketing on there as well. Toro, I like it, I like and it. just a couple, couple different things, you know. That's a few different ways. The Black Wealth Movement page is blown up too. As a good, like over a hundred grand followers, right? Uh, I think it's, it's near enough on there. I yeah, think it's just you know, I was like, I'm doing this all day. Um, I have a skill set at this. Mm-hmm. Let me replicate it because I noticed a lot of pages they'll do that stuff, right? Yeah. Like uh, really, like the money making page. Um, it's like this one guy named Josh. Cook. He puts out like the same content on five different pages. And it works. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I'm seeing all this content I'm doing. Let's just create another one. Let's replicate the system. I, I said I can grow a social media page. Let me do it again. Right, right, right. It's so funny. I was having that conversation with somebody today. And he was asking me about uh, Blacker Pockets, which I don't talk about too much. But he was asking me, um, like, what happened? He said, did you sell it? Did you get any money out of it? And I was like, honestly, no, I realized that I could blow something up. And I just applied it to my own stuff. That's and so, like, the same energy, the same effort, the same intensity that I was putting into that, I brought into my own business and actually was able to blow it up on my own terms without having to kind of deal with that stuff. Um, so we got the tweets because that's what we do on Tweet Talk, Raphael. Yep. This is Tweet Talk where we dissect tweets and talk about building black wealth. And you guys aren't that big on Twitter, but we going to find some tweets tonight. So I'm going to start off since you guys were just talking about who quit, who quit their jobs. I saw a tweet by uh, George Pitts, Mr. George Pitts. Mr. Monetize everything. He said, stop quitting your jobs to start businesses that aren't even profitable yet. Mm-hmm. Leverage your income to build more income, not eliminate one income to try and start another one. That's hustling backwards. Hey, what y'all say to that? I mean, I can say it's a living testament. Like, I'm a person who jumped into entrepreneurship, right? I'm pretty transparent about my journey. When I jumped in, I was not receiving income from Black Wolf Renaissance. Was Black Wolf Renaissance making money? Yeah, but we was all money into the end type mentality. So I had to find other ways to generate revenue for myself. Um, and I had to, I had a six month emergency fund. I had money saved up. I was living with my parents, so my expenses weren't super high. So I was like, I can take the risk. I can bet mm-hmm. on myself. And it's paid off. I've actually made more money through entrepreneurship than I ever got paid through a job every and every year since I've been a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. But to George's point, uh, uh, having that job, especially while we're young in these building phases, it's another source of income that can just supplement and help me build even faster. Mm-hmm. Because what I really want to do is like, dang, I'm looking at this crypto space like, bro, if I can get as much money as I possibly can into this, I know I'm going to end up winning in the long run because we're still so early in crypto, I feel. Yeah. But that's just kind of my thoughts on the whole idea of leaving early. I, I agree with George on that idea. Like, don't don't leave if you're not making the money because it was scary. It was rough at one point. It was like, oh, man, I don't know what's going to go down. But <laughs> I started making the money on the other side. It was yeah. like, OK, all right, <laughs> I can do this. So for you, when do you plan on going into full-time entrepreneurship, if, if at all? Like, what's that look like for you? So I actually recently went into full-time entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we were joking about it and talking about it like earlier. I was like, man, I don't know. 
that nine to five, like I might be headed back. Like, <laughs> like, just because like the situation that I'm, I'm currently working with and everything, like it's not making as much money as I would hope. Mm-hmm. And so this was, and it was supposed to end up being like my second source of income along with like BWR and some other different things that I had going on. And a lot of stuff has just like failed terribly. Oh, and you're trading them, bro. Yeah, like I, I bought a rental property, had all types of issues with it as far as getting it fixed. Um, was able to fund a lot of that with nine to five money and then turned around and was about to get it moved to some land that I purchased and then fell apart. Like whole day bad, too old to be moved, I guess. Like structure wasn't- You're gonna lift it up and move it? No, no, no. like the way that they do it, as far as like, they have to get it, it, it's hard to explain, but they have to get it set, hooked up to the trailer, it has wheels and everything. It's a mobile home. Yeah, it's a mobile home. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Move it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, you about to just, I mean, they (laughs) do that. Yeah, I've seen homes get moved, yeah. yeah. But nah, they, so it was a mobile home, but yeah, nah, it it did not work out. So I'm currently dealing with that situation and everything. So it's like, I had a lot of stuff happen to make it to where it's like, I'm still not screwed because I was smart enough to like set up an emergency budget and everything before I left the nine to five, but Mm -hmm. it definitely makes it more difficult to not, to like continuously invest. Cause like, that was another thing we were talking about, like dollar cost averaging. Now that we understand fully grasp what it is and all that, like is a non-negotiable. Yeah, non-negotiable. That's in there like bills. Like I got a, I got a dollar cost average. I don't think our listeners know what dollar cost averaging is. Can you help them out with that one? Dollar cost averaging simply is putting a set amount toward an investment on a set period. You can do $500 a month, $100 a week, $50 a week, just starting where you are, what you have. Uh, They got so many apps that you can do it on. Stash, M1, Robinhood, what else? I mean, most apps, they'll allow you to invest on a frequent basis. You can do roundups and all that, but dollar cost averaging is simply investing in something like an index fund. Yeah. That's something that I really wish I'd have did more at the beginning. Just like looking back at it now, I'll throw a lot of money at individual stocks. I'm like, mm. now nah, I'm looking at it like, bro, these index funds, like, <laughs> these bitches right. don't lose. Like, they hitting. Yeah. How old are you guys, by the way? 26. Well, 26. Okay, you guys still got a long way to go, man. Oh, yeah, right? A lot of you're not even at 30 yet, so that's what we keep hearing. Yeah. <laughs> 30 is lit, by the way. Yeah, like the guys on the you know, that the example they always give this guy started at 18 yeah. and invested regularly for like 10 years and then he stopped. And all this, that's y'all guys, man. Y'all just, y'all just getting started. Right. And then also it's like the mistakes that you're making aren't like the end of the world. Yeah. It's just going to allow you to do it better the next time. So it's like, all right, we did this deal. It didn't work out. In a year, two years, three years later, whatever your financial situation looks like, you can do it better the next time. You might even do it better next month. But like the the experience doesn't knock you down. It just kind of like sharpens you up. Like that's what happens, I think. So I did want y'all opinion on George's tweet too before we move on. What was the tweet again, Raphael? Uh, something about, about leaving your jobs. Stop quitting your jobs to start businesses that businesses that aren't profitable yet. Yeah, and honestly, it scares me when people do that. When people don't have something going and they just like, what do they call it? Hop off the porch, like jump off the jump porch. Off the porch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I think it's irresponsible. So um, I was like, y'all, you ain't me. Well, Stop I mean, thinking you me. no, the thing is, is I didn't even do that. And we were talking about that last night. Like right. I didn't leave my job until I didn't need a job. Like I don't need the income because I either have the cash there, or I have the income coming in. And so that's why I tell people those evenings are important and the weekends are important. If you're not maxing out those, you're probably gonna be real lazy as an entrepreneur because quite honestly, now that I am where I am, I'm very lazy. And like they were talking about today is like, once you go into full-time entrepreneurship, sometimes you waste a lot of time. Like Mm. you oversleep, you work like a little half a day, a little four hour day and you call it a day. So I think that the, the goal should be to build that business in your off hours. And then once you have these things built up, 
like that's all I was doing the investment club. We're doing the real estate, real estate investing. We're doing the truck. We're doing all these different things, putting these sources of income in place so that then when I did leave, I could fully be an entrepreneur. And interestingly enough, like I tell, I think I told Raphael, this is like when I did leave, I make every single day what I'll be making bi-weekly on my job, if not more. Sheesh. And so <laughs> like, and that's even money I don't even need. So it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but you're going to make more money as an entrepreneur if you don't need the money. And a lot of people, what happens is they leave the job and they're like, all right, I'm making money in my business. I'm going to pay my bills with it. Not like I'm going to put this into a property. I'm going to reinvest. I'm going to put it into the truck because we got to spend a lot of money too. And so that's all I would say is I think that it's, it's levels to it. I was talking to Andre before I left. He was like, you need that safe 10, that safe $10,000 in passive income for me because California got a wife, got a kid. But like if you live in a different state, you might need to save five or save three. If you can get $3,000 passively, you're good. But the cool thing is, is when we had that conversation, I started creating. I was like, all right, subscription services are really big. Let me go ahead and create a subscription. They pay 20 bucks. If I get 50 people, that's a good, that's, that's going to knock out the car note. If I can get 3000 people, whatever that number looks like now I'm creating that income. And so I will, I would say lean on a subscription service. I've told people like you have value, create something, create a group, create a mastermind, create something, put a dollar amount on it and charge people to participate per month. That's what I would do. Yeah. And everybody is like every successful person tell you the same thing. Was this a grant card on the other day saying the same thing? Like he quit his job to start his business. And almost starved. Like it, didn't, it did not take off. It did not take off like he thought it would, man. Like you forget how long, how much energy you got put into this stuff. Like it's just crazy, man. Like people can smell the desperation on you, and then it's harder right, to sell, right? Because you're trying to 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 pay bills. Like you're trying to make money to to pay the rent. True. Uh, pay the light bill instead of um, money to invest, like or go on vacation or whatever. But you know, it's just crazy to see people do that. And I think part of it is like. They just see the lifestyle on, on. I think a lot of it has to do with social media. Yeah. And like, I have noticed a lot less people doing the, you know, get out your nine to five type thing in this this area. Um, just like, and, just in general, a lot more, a lot less and, people have And Biden's it. America is less anti nine to five talk. <laughs> we just want a good job. No, <laughs> that's crazy. Good job. No, but. I have noticed like a little bit more of people kind of identifying it um, because a lot of people, that's the thing about business, it's hard and you're gonna have to spend money. You, yeah. Whenever you make, like that's what we were just having this conversation earlier, six figures in business is not a lot of money. Right, right, right. right. But if you talk about it on the internet, it sounds like a lot to people, mm -hmm. right? They're like, yo, you made six figures in business. And don't get me wrong, that's a good feat. Like you wanna have a business that's growing, but when you start thinking about the, the things you gotta spend money on, like you were saying, you're not making that much. You're not making a hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. You're gonna mm. make a fraction of that. It's just you gotta take. It take money to make money. The only the only advice that I'll give you guys though is you guys have a huge following. Mm -hmm. You need some product, man. Yeah. You need a lot of product. So even if that looks like partnering up with like superstars, like you could say, hey, we have this huge platform. Terry, come help us out do a stock course. Hey, we have this huge platform. X, come and do a real estate course. X, come and do an affiliate marketing course. X, come and do this. Because that platform is so huge and you guys might think that you're doing them a service by not selling them anything. But what you're gonna notice is your following might even triple when you start having product. Because then we're gonna get results from your product. And people can be like, man, this is such a great course. Thank you, Black Wealth Renaissance. Testimonial, testimonial, testimonial. And now you guys are half a million followers, man. You guys should be doing like 10 million. You should be doing like 10 million, but you got to get some stuff out there. Got to get the product in the show. Right. 
And even and even that like so you guys have the ebook on credit, right? Yeah, we got we have a few personal finance. Right. And they got the academy. Turn those into courses. Get in front of a camera, record the same exact thing that's in that book, turn it into a course, put a dollar amount on it. It doesn't have to be high ticket. You can make a good amount of money being affordable. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, $97, 20 bucks. But you got to start building out that library of content. That's what's going to help you guys get that revenue because you guys should all be that many followers, man. That's that's a captive audience. I know you guys have a ton of emails. Yeah. I know you guys have a ton of all that stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing was, was I guess it kind of felt that for us at the beginning. Our whole MO was, let's give the information away. Let's yeah. get it to the people. Let's put it there. It just has to be putting the products in the street. Right. After this, man, look, what you got? Well, no, no, no. I welcome, to Millie, welcome to Millie University. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, even with what you asked earlier, like, as far as, like, did we plan on it to get that big? Like, it really was just, like, we just want to make this be a resource. We just want to, like, give all this information out for free. Like, Absolutely. We didn't even care. You know, it was just about, like, hey, I'm trying to do as much as I can just to help all these people. And then later, after the following grew and we you know we started talking with different people and stuff, so they were just like, you know, y'all y'all not treating it as much like a business as you should be. Mm. We're just like, oh well, shit, we are just trying to do good. <laughs> what do you mean about that part? So we had to kind of learn different parts of that and stuff like, to start to implement. I think that you can do both. I think that you can mean, and honestly, you do the the most for people because think about it. He was talking about it today. Like there's the concept of giving things away and there's the concept of like an exchange of value. So if you give somebody something that's going to allow them to earn a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars and you only charge them a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, you're still giving. It's still a benefit for them. Right. And so I think that you can do a combination of both free podcasts, free courses, free ebooks, free different things. But also we got to get you guys some revenue, man. You can't help the poor if you're one of them. That's fair. You guys can do so much. If you guys had $10 million, you know who you could be helping? You guys could be going back, putting on fairs, putting on all these different things, going and talking to different schools. So. That's true. Because even, even with like not having that, we've now. done like, yeah, we, we try to do stuff as well. Like even we had like a laptop drive and we like gave away some laptops and stuff. We partnered with uh, Best Buy to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But, nice. Like, that was pretty cool. Like. Different little stuff like that, and we not even making that much. Like, yeah. if somebody's like a 10 million year or something like that. So, if we did that, like, nah, bro, the, the philanthropy would be crazy. 100%. Yeah. When did you guys start the academy? Uh, May. We launched in May. Okay. Hey, man. What did you launch with? Like, how many courses are. So, how the, is it set up? The courses in the academy, with BWR Academy, we have at least three calls a week. We're going to have the weekly budgeting call on Sunday where we go through budgeting resources, strategies. Uh, talk about the savings challenge that we do. Um, on Wednesday, we do a morning accountability call, wake up, get your ass up, let's mm. get, right, get in the right mood, let's get through the week, right? And then we're going to have at least one class from an expert in some field. Like we have at least an insurance class, a financial planning class, or some type of business class that you go, you can attend and just tune in and learn something. Yeah. And all of those replays, all of those replays for all of that is always accessible to everybody in the academy. Um, we drop other resources in the academy as well, um, just like giving different <clears throat> assessments and different stuff. Like we have different channels dedicated uh, to different, Discord as well. Yeah, in our Discord, yeah, yeah different that's dope. channels uh, that have like resources and stuff like that that they can refer back to and everything. So, um, and we also do a lot of like feedback with them to try to see exactly like, okay, what is, what might be a topic that people are struggling with? 
what's something that y'all are interested in, like different things like that too. So. Yeah, I like the university. That's a dope idea for sure. And if there's anybody interested in joining the academy, y'all can go to www.bwracademy.com and you'll get your first seven days free. So you can come check us out um, before you join. And after that, it's just $27 a month. Mm. Come in, get, get your financial education up. I think at this point we got a backlog of probably like twenty or thirty classes that you can just wow. go through on various topics. Wow, we'll have the link for that in the show notes, of course. Right, 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 right. We will have that in the show notes. Um, that's cool, man. I thought it was more like um, I don't know what I thought it was, but that's cool. Moving on. So, David. Yes, sir. You had a tweet where you said they want the gains, but they won't take the risks. Yeah. Explain that one. What do you mean by that? I mean, I was listening to music. I think it was a the Nobody song, mm-hmm. Lauryn Hill and uh, Nas. I heard her say something like that and just tweeting it. <laughs> you know, you hear a line of a song like, hey, that shit hard. Right, <laughs> right, right. But right. <laughs> what does that mean to you, though? I mean, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people, Um, I get a lot of people asking questions about different things that I do, different ways to get into passive sources of income or different streams and stuff, but they won't take the action or the risk. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want... You want to you want the pie, but you don't want to put the work in. Like that's kind of my whole thing. Like you want me to do it for you, or you want you want somebody to to take away the possibility of a loss whenever losses are gonna happen. Like you mm-hmm. can't run you can't right. run away from that. You just gotta take it on the chin and keep it pushing. Yeah. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Lace Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Lace is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at getlacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. They want the pie, but they don't want to lose the apples. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I think that speaks to like even this whole thing like, oh, I gave my money to this person to flip. It's like why didn't you learn to flip it yourself? That's why the education that we are talking about is important. But I think that a lot of people, what they're trying to do is they're trying to invest with no potential loss, but also shift all the risk on somebody else, mm-hmm. right? Because if they could do it, they do it themselves. And so they want you to take the risk. They want you to take the responsibility of getting them their money back plus interest. And that's why I'm not a fan of it. Somebody slid my DMs last night and I was about to slap him. He's like, hey man, I got 10 grand. Can you flip it for me? I was like, why would I do that? It it reminds me of that one tweet that we posted about how people are sliding your DMs asking for a free game on how they can make money. Yeah. Like, nah, bro. Like, it wasn't free for me. The people that give me is the ones that send you you their number like, hey, bro, call me. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I don't even know you yet. Like, you ain't said, you ain't even introduced yourself. Just call me. I need to know something. Word. I guess they think you're just sitting around all day waiting for the- Waiting to save them. Who can Ain't I save today? We all got our own stuff to go do. It's like, I got 20 bucks. How fast am I going to get this back? Like, come on, man. $20. <laughs> 500 bucks. Where my dividends at? Not talking about anything specific, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing specific, but just saying. 
Right. Our people do need to have a more realistic timeline of like investments and the mm-hmm. different vehicles that you're doing to do. Like even when you teaching about options, right? Options are an opportunity to get asymmetrical returns for what you put in. Define, define time, asymmetrical risk for the folks. Asymmetrical. You put in a small amount of capital and you have the potential to earn a large amount of capital while right. only losing the capital you invest. Right. So you can put up a hundred dollars on an option and you've seen it on his page. Plenty of people have sent it in. You can make 10,000 off a play like that if you catch the right play. Mm-hmm. But you got to you got to do the background work for that. That's not just something yeah. that, like you said, nobody's going to do that for you. You got to do that research. You have to be a due diligence. Yeah. Always. Always. Yeah. Tay Sweat was seen today at the, at the conference, the Accelerate 180 conference put on by King Ash and he was saying you know people don't want risk anything and and they want the money back fast yeah like but they're not they don't want to put in the work and he's like you just put in a year studying and practicing like you're good the reward is way big is way bigger than the risk i mean if you put in the time to study and practice but people don't want to I mean, it goes beyond the stock market too. Like even starting a podcast, people don't want to, or anything else, people don't want to risk looking foolish. People don't want to risk like putting out bad, bad content. It's like, oh, I've been looking at this microphone. What's the best microphone to use? What's the best headphones to use? Cause they don't want to risk putting out bad audio. I would say the interesting thing about that across the board is it comes down to what your why is. Like, are you just chasing the bag? Cause if you're just chasing the bag, you're not going to do a lot of things. And we've been doing the podcast for a while and never even thought to even monetize it until this year. Um, with Even with trading, like it has to be a why because it's going to take a lot more than just saying, oh, this stock is popping. Let me throw some money at it. Like if you have, when, when I first started trading, it wasn't just to run it up. And when I was trading to run it up, I lost. I tell people that the reason why I started trading was to buy an engagement ring. And it was a very expensive mm. engagement ring. It was like 10 grand cash. I couldn't get the credit to buy the ring. And so I had to get the cash, you know? And so I was in the lab. I was up late at night. I was up early. I was grinding. I was studying. I was watching CNBC. I was reading the books. It's a lot more to it. But like they're saying today, you put a strong year in it and now you're solid. But also what happens is your skill starts to compound. So that first year, the second year, you start to increase your income, but you still got to put that time in. So there is, there's no quick fix. And I think as a culture, going back to what you guys are saying about it, we need to have a more realistic timeline. A big part of the reason we don't is because we aren't in that space. The reason why accredited investors are accredited investors is because they're successful investors and successful business owners. And they know the process. They, there's no shortcut just because you're white. You don't. It's not like a fast track to business success because you're white. Like, no, you still got to go take it to market. You still got to win with the market. You still got to compete with people that are already in that space. And when you do those things, you start to realize like it takes time to do this. So when you participate in somebody else's deal, you're not on them at month six. Like, where's my dividend? Where's my interest? Where's my quick flip? Because you know that's not realistic. And so I think as a culture, we need to do more business ownership and investing before we just start to kind of participate in somebody else's. Rafael, what you got, man? What do I got? What do I got? So we are here, we're doing this live from um, Little Rock, Arkansas, because we're, we're all at the King Ashley and Accelerate 180 conference. Uh, me and Charles were in attendance and these two were speaking. I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the conference, even though you guys weren't here for the full time? Hey man, Accelerate 180, the most lit lifestyle business conference has lived up to its name. I really <laughs> enjoyed myself. It really has. Yeah, it really has. Lit. <laughs> A to B, you know, like 
coming into the event, seeing the setup of everything, going into the actual venue and seeing like the work plan, seeing the team behind the event, um, really recognizing that Ashley employs a lot of her family, which is mm. something that I really love to see. Like I see it with Terry too. Like it's it's really powerful to see this come together, our family putting this on and they're putting something that's adding value to people and they're also making money doing it together. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, I, I'm having a, an amazing time here. I told Raphael at the highest levels it's a family business. What were you gonna say? Oh no, no, no. I was just saying, gonna say like it's been a really dope experience. Like I really one day I thought that was impressive from it. Like and it kind of linked with what you were saying as far as her hiring a lot of her family. I only saw Ashley Ann at the certain parts where she was supposed to be seen as far as speaking or teaching or something like that. She didn't have to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's a big thing mm -hmm. that happens with entrepreneurs too. Like you end up having to be employed by the business and you have to be there and you have to do everything. It's hard to like lay off that control to other people or have other people that you can put into places to do that. And I thought that was so dope to like, I didn't see her until yeah. it was time, you know? Well, one thing I would tell the listeners is you get there with time. I think, I'm not sure how many years she's been doing this, but this is not the first year. Yeah. And so for you guys, don't expect to be where she is at year seven at year zero. So you're gonna have to run your own damn conference in year zero. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, you definitely want to work towards that early on. Like there's one speaker that um, her name was Amber Aziza. She was talking about how to become a paid speaker and she's based out in London and she flew to the conference just because of the relationship that she had with King with Ashley Ann. And she was like, I don't do free conferences. But because she called me, I flew across the pond. But she says when she's on vacation or she's not around, her company still runs without her. And she said, in fact, I look at my phone, I, when I check in, or when I finally check in, I, I'm making more money when I'm not there. So I was like, am I the problem? Like, what's, what's going on? But that's the point that we all need to get to. But um, it's an amazing conference. I, I would say the gym there, from what I've experienced, is it's really difficult to make money when you're doing all the work. And that's why I tell people like automation and all the things that come with e-commerce are gonna help your business scale because I think I made a few sales and the phone's way over there. I ain't seen no tweets, I ain't seen no posts. And so I think that with her being able to step out of her business, now it's even even more impactful and even more successful. So 100%, you should look to get there as soon as possible. Absolutely, because that's gonna help you make more money. And what's going on? Is that noise? We're we back again? All right, cool. What, what how many minutes was it, was it on there? Let's get like another 10. All right, did it early, got it. All right. So look, we going, what we gonna do, Raphael? We don't wanna hold these brothers too long. We got what's going on. We, we, we probably we got another one on the screen. Yeah, man, fire him away. Oh, oh, I, I was confused with what y'all were talking about. Like, what's going on here? So, Charles, you said people who only destroy, only destroy. If they aren't destroying one person, they're destroying another one. And then they, after they destroy them, they're going after the next. Um, I posted that tweet because I was on my ghost account. Y'all know I got a ghost account. I got a ghost account. I see everything on Twitter. <laughs> Y'all can't say nothing no, that I can't see. Account. Yeah, I got a burner account. <laughs> and uh, so I was on a page and I, I saw that they were tearing down somebody like three days ago. And then the next day they moved on to somebody else. And then today they're moving on to somebody else. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, why are you like, how is your energy to just kill off people? And my problem with that is like people come to me and they're like, oh, well, I know you're probably having a field day. I know you probably feel a certain way. But I, I don't think you can do both. I don't think you can build and destroy. You have either 
progressive energy or regressive energy. And that's why I brought that up because I see people who all they do is tear people down because that's all they do. They can't do anything else. Their, their energy is just aimed at picking people apart, finding the flaw, exposing them, like bringing them on the timeline, dragging them. And people like that never prosper. I told you the people, the slander crew, they got like what eight followers. They've been on Twitter as long as I've been on Twitter. <laughs> so it's like, you can't, you can't, you can't build a following while you're just destroying people. You can't build a business while you're destroying other people's business. I agree with you in that standpoint. That's something that I've always felt like progressive energy is progressive. Like you, uh, I always take Hamza's uh, analogy, Hamza Sabri, uh, the global connect. If you got a clean glass and a dirty glass, you put them next to each other, people naturally gonna pick the clean glass. I don't have to tell you this one dirty. Like you're gonna look at it and see it's not good. Mm. Like why Why do you feel the need to destroy other people? Mm. Uh, that's not my MO. I'm a, if, if it's something that happened and I don't agree with it, I'll distance myself. But I'm not going to publicly malign people. And that's just not my, that's not how I get down. That's never been me. You guys don't seem like that kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't worth your Y'all time. Y'all got the good energy, man. You say, Like Jared. Alex. <laughs> Dude, that, that's never been our, that's, that's just never been our vibe. Like, Awesome. Wait, can I curse? Sure, man. Do whatever you want, man. We do whatever, we do whatever you want. I just up. wanted to check before I said, like, yeah. we have always said, like, sometimes people on the internet be on weird shit. Like, we, and I think a lot of people never been cool off the internet. So, <laughs> that, you know, can help and hurt in some ways. So, like, shit, we, we've been cool. We've had friends. We, off the internet is an existence that we have. So, a lot of that shit don't bother us as much. Like, and, like he said, if it's something that we really can't be cool with, then, like, we'll acknowledge it, say something about it. Right, and I, I would say about that whole thing is like think about it. When you get your haters, like I don't know how y'all feel about it, but like it's like you see somebody hate on you, you kind of it like kind of like messes up your day. You you can't you, you focus on the one person that has something negative to say, but you gotta realize that the haters that's what they do. They're just professional haters, or I said they do it for free. But um, and also they don't even think about you for too long. So you shouldn't be thinking about them for too long. Yeah, they usually move on to the next target. They don't even remember the next day that they were hurt, hating on you because they just move on to the next one. Haters gonna hate. <laughs> now, there was a speaker, uh, Jake Taylor Jacobs. He said at, I don't know if you, did you all catch his? Yeah, man, he was there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, right. was, was actually, he was chilling with Jake right before the speech, man. Great brother, man, great brother. He said, you can't call yourself wealthy if you aren't operating like a bank. He also said, you can't be a bank if you don't know your value. What did y'all think when he dropped that line? Okay, Okie for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. So I agree. Uh, I just wanted to see exactly what he said again one more time. But like, the thing is, is that a lot of people don't understand how to operate as bank. You know, so I feel like that's an important thing for people to learn first. But from there, and that's what he was talking about too. Like operating as a bank uh, should be something that every person can do, every family can do, every community can do. And well, wait, 
what 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 do we think he meant by even when he said operate like a bank? So I mean, as far as being a producer and not just being always a consumer, like we should be able to produce things because I know he talked about that as well. Like we should be able to be producers that we can all equally consume from and gain value from. You know what I mean? And not in like a negative way, but in a way that we're exchanging value, like you said earlier, and sharing resources. Like it doesn't have to be um, a situation, or you it shouldn't be a situation where you always have to go outside of your community or outside of. Uh, yourselves to go get resources and that's what i think or how i felt about it as far as being a bank i keep thinking about that part about uh not this one the yes you can't be a bank if you don't know your value right whenever he says that we actually had a conversation with him similar to what charles was just kind of saying like what is knowing your value is important and the way you perceive yourself is important whenever it comes to building a business. We got to think of ourselves as a billion dollar corporation or we're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. If we don't Mm. think, if if our mindset is only like, oh yeah, we just going to, we're four friends chilling doing this, it's never going to be a billion dollar corporation. Mm -hmm. It has, that vision has to be there. And I think that's kind of what that means. And then that you can't be wealthy if you're not operating like a bank. To me, it just kind of means thinking that you want to pay less interest than you receive. I think that's that's what I get out of that. Like, whenever you're the bank, the bank isn't in the business of losing money. The bank is in the business of borrowing money, having you save money so they can leverage your money to go make money off lending money to people, right? You should think the same way, in a sense, like that. I remember one time you had tweeted something like that about like getting a million dollars, leveraging the million to loan the people. And I don't I don't remember the exact figures of it all, but I remember I was like, damn, one second, you can do shit like that? <laughs> it's funny because I used to work in a family office and the family office is basically a bank, but a family is what he was saying should actually be the bank. And the way he broke it down is he said, all right, so you have a bank is a bunch of families getting together, creating a corporation, lending money out. And when we first started the investment club for stocks, investment club for real estate, we realized, damn, we're kind of a bank. Because when you start putting a bunch of people together, it doesn't matter how much money you put in, it still grows to a large amount of money. $1,000 put together, you can buy a house a month. $1,000 put together with 20 people, 30 people, you can buy a house however often you want to. But the interesting thing about it is a bank, all they are is a glamorized middleman. A bank is like the Uber for money. They control a bunch of money that isn't their money. Uber controls a bunch of vehicles that aren't their vehicles. Airbnb controls a bunch of apartments and homes that aren't their homes. We can do the same thing and people are doing the same thing. It's just we have to have that confidence in ourselves, that trust in ourselves. And we got to learn business because you can't start a bank with somebody who doesn't understand that you might not see this money back for the next 15 years. But we got a bank now and we can do these things now. And the interesting thing about it is when you start pulling, I noticed like one business can save the whole family. One business can fund everybody else's business. If you have one successful venture, then let's say you make five grand or five mil, 10 mil, and then your wife wants to buy a franchise that happens to cost 50 grand. You're not tripping off of the 50 grand, but if you didn't have a business, you'd be tripping off the 50 grand. Oh, your mom wants to leave her job. My mom left her job. We leveraged my email list to get her tax clients. She had her biggest tax year. I think she like, 10x her, t- her tax business. Why? Because my resources allow me to then funnel my successful clients to hers. One successful business is going to allow everybody to win. And so that's why Asians come here and they group up. They're like, bro, we don't need everybody to have their own individual business. We just need one of these to pop off. And a lot of times what happens is we come over here like, no, this is my shit. 
Like, this is my business and this is mine. And you go over there and you build yours. I never approach anything like that. I have my own thing because I got to, because it's hard to get people to support what you have going on. But I support everything that other people have going on. I'm. This is really Raphael's podcast. I just be supporting him. <laughs> I don't get no money off of this. And so like, but that's, that's the way it should be. I do it because I've always wanted it to happen for me. I've always wanted a strong number two. I could never get a strong number two, so I had to be the number two for somebody else. And so what I would say is that the family is the bank. The family can do everything that the individual cannot do. If you want to go and get a rental property, I guarantee you'd have an easier time if it was you, your mom, and your dad walking in there getting that loan. Their income, their income, your income, their credit, their credit, your credit. It's a no-brainer. We don't do it like that, though. We're like, you better go out there and get it on your own. You 18, boy. And then we wonder why we struggle, but then they ain't playing the same game. They're not doing that, but they're getting ahead by any means. The Jews are getting ahead by any means. They're not out there trying to prove something. They're just trying to just not struggle. <laughs> That's it. The struggle is the, yeah. The struggle is not it. Right. It's not it, but speaking of the official CPA of Talk Capital, got to make a mental note. We got to ask if we could turn buying those white suits with our white party into a tax write-off. I don't but, know, but we're going to try. <laughs> We're going to try. We're going to try. But um, operating like a bank, for me, that was that's like an interesting perspective, man. It really shifts your mindset, like being the head, not the tail. Like like you said, making sure you're getting more interest back than you paying out. Pay them out 1% and get back. He was saying like pay, the banks will pay you 1% on your deposits. But if you walk back into the bank to get a loan, you got to pay them 5%. I was sitting there like, it would be lucky if you get a loan for 5%. And you think about it, you get a credit card and your credit in that great, you paying like 25%. And 1%, what bank is giving you 1% right now? It's a big hustle, man. And they're giving you less than 1% nowadays, like 0 0.001 or some shit like that. Yeah, and it's like, but they look at you with a straight face. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that is kind of like the reason why crypto is out there these days mm -hmm. and like decentralized finance and whatnot. Because my, my thing is, if you know it's being, if it's a hustle, that's why you have to become the bank because you know that what they're doing is a finesse. It's it kind of could be called a scam. <laughs> if if you're lending me my money back at at a higher interest rate than you're paying me, like all right, let me go ahead and create the alternative. That's that's I'm always about creating the alternative and owning it. I think it's interesting. Oh, my, I, I think it's interesting too. Um, what you said a little while ago about uh, family office being like a is basically a bank, and we haven't talked about family offices in a while. Like, so f if you're new to the the podcast, a family office is an office when somebody has like a net worth of like fifty million plus. Sometimes they open what they call a family office. It's literally a group of people on payroll that all they do all day long is try to build that family's wealth and preserve it. Basically, like he said, like a bank. All they're doing is taking those millions and trying to find deals. And the cool thing, the cool thing is you can also do the same thing with the foundation too. So if you're really wealthy and then you wanna, as a tax strategy, defer some money to your own uh, nonprofit, now you can also hire your mom. Cause I think like Jay-Z's mom runs his nonprofit. He said that like CEO of Carter Foundation, something like that, but anyway, um, that's that's I think some wealthy strategies we're trying to employ here. Just taking them steps toward it, put it out there for our people to aspire to it. And um, man, I had a question. I forgot what that question was. Oh, so man, you guys mentioned that you're taking a break from the podcast. Um, what are you looking to do when you do revamp it and bring it back? 
Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. So we're ending recording in 2021 to come back in 2022 stronger and better. Yeah. Um, looking to do more batch recording of content and taking advantage of weekends. So yeah. we partnered up with this uh, group, Black Menswear. I'm not sure y'all may have seen them. The brothers, they do the flash mobs. The flash suits. mobs, yep. Yeah, and I was seeing how they set their stuff up and how a few other people, Andre Hatchett, uh, we record episodes of this podcast for him. Like he comes in, he does four or five episodes at a time. Yeah. And the way we're currently doing things, every Saturday we out here record a podcast where it's like, let's turn the podcast. We already have an audience we have attention let's take it and turn it into an experience right so not only we're going to do the batch recordings episodes but that same weekend we're going to come in do a live recording um and also do like networking events and potentially do some workshops so like turn it into more of a weekend experience versus just being like us recording podcasts man yeah getting that content and then being able to put it out like recording four at a time five at a time and i've got to work with the content it out running back next month yeah yeah actually when i was in atlanta and i was at andre's i went to record for him and he told me that's how he was doing it when i went to atlanta i went the same studio i just batched it the same way boom 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 my voice was very hoarse at the end (laughs) but i got a whole month's worth of content um the in-person podcast what made you guys want to go that route uh, because there's a lot of cap on the apps, and that's <laughs> honestly to be to be real with you, that that makes a lot of sense. More problems from like people from social media who've had already had captive audiences that have been partaking in activity that we've had to pull episodes down for. Then like people I've met, I can shake your hand in person. Like I've been inside your business. I see mm-hmm. people here. Like I don't have to guess. I, you you can talk the game good, but. Do I know you're really doing this? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And so like that, and then on top of that, the energy. Energy is unmatched on for unperson podcast. Yeah. You can't fake like Zoom is cool, but that energy like is very rare. It'll be yeah. the same. Like when you sitting down, it's a it's a genuine connection. You know, yeah. Makes for better video content. 100%. Better way video. better. Way better. Because nobody wants to see that Zoom stuff. No. They tolerate it, but they don't want to see it. Even when you have multiple cameras, it's better. We're working on getting the multiple cameras. Yeah. Um, and Corona content. Ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing I noticed um, about podcasting is it expands your network. Have you guys experienced that effect? Yeah. 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 Yes. So many people that like that can just hit up and get advice from and things like that. Like even yeah, tell your story, man. Come on, which one? Which one? <laughs> Remember you DM this man? <laughs> you DM him before uh, before we had a podcast. Oh man! <laughs> so uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember exactly how the things went, but long story short, uh, I had DM Charles about something and we didn't really like have that big of a following yet. We didn't have a podcast. Didn't have a we didn't have rapport with him at all. I didn't come rude at all or nothing like that. Like it wasn't just some, hey, like give me some money stuff, like nothing like that weird. But like, um, I did not get a response. I don't know if he was just busy. I don't know what was going on, but I did not get a response. And then later we had like built up the podcast. We had, like started going to social media and stuff. And then he was like rocking with us and stuff. And I was like, well, ain't this about some shit? Like, <laughs> I just tried to get in contact with you. Like, uh, but basically that was that was what it happened with that. But it was like, it was cool, you know, we didn't take anything. Did like you that. did you send it um 
from the business page or a personal page? Oh, personal page thing. Maybe he I said didn't. Before, I, did, I probably said didn't connect the podcast. The in. Yeah, no, he said before the, the they had a podcast. I hear you, but like, yeah, I mean, even still, they have they have their own personal yeah, pages. And, and then on top of that, with podcasts, one of the biggest things I think, like people are so much more willing to talk to you when you have a podcast. Like, That's what Raphael says all the time. It's free advertising. Like, yeah. yeah, of course I'll come tell my story on your podcast. I don't know how many listeners you got. I don't know how many listeners you'll have in the future. Right. It's just putting the content out there, getting that rep in. It makes sense. And then now this is somebody you can get in your Rolodex. And that was the same way it even started, honestly, with like the social media too. Like when we came in and we were highlighting people, uh, doing different segments and stuff, like really posting different entrepreneurs and stuff on the page in the very, very beginning before it became more, more so information. We like, a lot of people really rock with us because of the fact like, nobody giving them shout outs. Mm-hmm. Nobody worried about the fact that they were investors and stuff like that. Right, right, right. But right. we came in and we cared. We thought that was dope. We shared that. And like a lot of people appreciated it. And it's just the same effect, but like 10 times more on the podcast. One thing I'll say for the listeners is doers want to hang out with doers. And so if if you want to be noticed by doers or people who are out there making it happen, you got to do some stuff. And so when you start doing some stuff, they'll take notice and then it becomes more of a mutual thing as opposed to like the millions of people hitting folks up because you might not, people on the watching this might not realize this, but y'all ain't the only person DMing that person. They got a lot of DMs. Right. And a lot of those DMs sound the same. Hey, bro. Hey, big bro. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like you got to determine who you're going to invest your time and your energy with, especially when you don't have a team. Now, a lot of us have people in the DMs respond to the DMs, making sure we're not leaving people on red and whatnot. But at that time, I can't imagine I had anybody who answered my DMs. So um, if you want to get in the room with folks, you got to get on their level. That's what I would say. Yeah, podcasting is a hack. I mean, that sounds cliche, but it is definitely true, man. Uh, People want to get on podcasts. If they're smart, people want to get on podcasts. Maybe they just want to do it because they want to spread the word and get the word out. But then some of them is like, they're smart enough to know that this is an easy way to, to get a broader audience. And for them to sell their product if they if they really sell the product like that but it's a way to broaden their audience and people kind of like to talk about themselves to a certain extent you know but and i will also tell you people definitely get into conferences and if you combine a pot you have a podcast and you go to a conference with that that live in-person connection we brought the, the studio people, with us man we're gonna you, even you get even better next time like I go to the conference and I say, oh, I got a podcast. And people who are millionaires are impressed. Oh, you got a podcast? Oh, shoot. <laughs> and then they give you your phone up. Like, I, I put my phone out for something. I say, oh, oh, you want my number? I was, I was just pulling my phone out. <laughs> say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, they're like, man, you could give me some extra bread and some more followers. I need exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It's weird, but a lot of those people that are like uber successful in business and stuff, a lot of them don't, or they're not that good at social media. They're like mm-hmm. not that good with that type of stuff. I, I don't know if it's just because they've been focusing so they've much on whatever they've been doing business. Right. Yeah, yeah, like real estate, you know, whatever, like whatever their venture may be, but like or, a lot of those people aren't good or don't have that big of a following. So it's like, be like I don't, how many followers? I don't, ha- I don't have a, I don't have an Instagram at all. They'll, they'll say like, oh, damn. It, they just, they built it up differently. These days, we build it up on social media. They kind of like had to build it up the going to networking events and stuff. (laughs) 
making phone calls and stuff. Yeah. You got any more tweets for the brothers? Any yeah. other questions? Because well, we, we're running up on time, man. You know, you got the all white party. We got the all white party. Oh, yeah, going. we gotta go to this party. Jump fresh on some white suits, y'all. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. We've been bought. We've been bought some suits. And yeah, I, I didn't come ready for a white party, so I had to get something. Yeah, I wasn't ready either. We had to run to the mall real quick and 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 work with what they had. But you know, I w- we got to We gonna hit, hit them with the the. Oglesby and Scott show wrap up questions. Um, what is your favorite business or real estate book? Mm, I don't know. Business, uh, Think and Grow Rich or Black Choice. Uh, I really, really love that book just for the power of the mind piece. You know, the, you don't realize how much you hold yourself back by not being able to believe, you know, not being able to think that you can do the things that you can do. Yeah. And like, that's, that's a bar right, right there. It's heavy. Like, ah, man. I love it. I love that book. Listening to it on the way up here. Really? For me, I think it got to be uh, The E-Myth Revisited because that one really, it like kind of put some stuff in perspective for me. And I I revisit it every so often just because like whenever you're getting into the entrepreneurial journey, you don't want to get so caught up in that self-employed trap. Like Mm -hmm. it's something just to always keep in your mind or like making sure that you're operating your business and you're not letting your business run you. Like uh, it's a mentality of being like a, a fire killer where you're just running around and stopping everything going on in your business instead of being in, being in the business of fire prevention. Like, you know, mm. like stopping before it happens. Just don't be running around trying to kill everything. Like, oh, I got to fix this. And I got to fix that. I got to fix No, put systems in place. Raphael, what's your favorite business or real estate book? Uh, it used to be The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. Joseph right. Schwartz. Um, that's a good one. It's like it's an old one from like '59 or something like that. My new one would be I would think the 10x rule by um by uh, what was it Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, right? The 10x rule, man. Like you gotta put a way more energy and way more effort than you you might think in the in the beginning. Um, my new one since we bring in like the old school classics out, I think everybody should read if you have not already read it. The Miseducation of the Negro. Ah, a lot yeah. of people don't think that's a, a business book, but it's straight business gyms. Um, so check that out. Check that out. Man, that shit had me infuriated listening to it. I, ain't gonna lie. I was like, God damn, they got us like this. Right, right. Yeah, but no, that's a powerful book. Who is somebody that you look up to and why? Not, my first inspiration was always, has always been my father. Um, hardworking guy. Is he an entrepreneur? A side hustlepreneur. Like <laughs> he, got, he got his nine to five and he always had his thing on the side where he did his his work and you know, he's a mechanic on the side. And like I always respected his work ethic. Um, my dad always was that type of person, like get up and go get it. Like don't, what you gonna do? What, like why you gotta sit here and just wait? Like, no, go get it. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta get done. And that's, I, I respect him a lot and it's instilled in me. Like it makes me pad that work ethic, not mind working a 16 hour day if I have to. That's dope. Uh, for me, it would be my my grandpa. Uh, he was the first like entrepreneur I knew first, like real estate investor I knew. He started all of the interest for me as far as when I was a kid. I used to ride around with him as he was collecting rent, different stuff like that. And so like that was a huge uh, inspiration as far as me even getting started, like starting with mobile homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma is still like, my grandpa has passed at this point, but my grandma is still here uh, and she still manages the mobile homes, like and does, has all of them, the whole portfolio, as well as the single family homes and stuff that they have. But she managed the portfolio suit. And so like that has always just been a huge inspiration to me, man. Uh, <laughs> dope, dope. Rafael, who do you look up to, man? And why is uh, it me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say two people. I would say my mother, because um, she did the best that she could with what she had and the information that she had, you know, back in those days, you know, and, and stay strong. And I would say you, that was my, I was going to say you. Cause you you put in a lot of work for the people. The and peeps, you took man. A lot, you, 
This guy, man. Take a lot Forget of heat. I take that. Back, take a man. lot of heat from the peeps too. Right. I was gonna say that you took a lot of heat from like, you still take heat from people, yeah. but you took a lot of heat. It ain't gonna stop, man. People like they gonna just hate, but hey, it don't stop shit. Yeah. Cancel culture so weak to me. <laughs> <laughs> people that's canceling you do not do nothing for you. Right. And they don't even have the power to do it. So exactly. why you all right, Honestly. all right. Uh I would just say the last question I would ask you guys is Wait, who you gonna what? say, man? Oh, me? Yeah, um, man, who do I look up to? And why is it you? No, uh, why? <laughs> I look up to Raphael, man, because oh, he keeps me on. Go. He keeps Here me on point. You know, when I don't want to record, he shows up. Now, I would say, who do I look up to? There's a lot of people collectively, man. Um, I look up to a lot of the people in Atlanta that are out there crushing it, working together, um, building businesses. Um, those guys are, are, are doing super cool things. I look up to other entrepreneurs, man. Like, interestingly enough. Like the lifestyle that I live now was a lifestyle that I saw a lot of people living. And I would see like Erica, Erica Williams hopping on first class flights, going to different events, Rashana Scott. They were just doing all these things. And I was like, man, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to go to these conferences. I want to be able to go to these speaking events. I want to be able to do all those different things. And so what's interesting is I think that it kind of evolves, like the things that you look up to evolve. And so I went from wanting to be there to now being there to now I'm like, all right, I think... I want a Lambo. I want a Ferrari. I want to be on a jet. So I think that that's where I aspire to be next. And so that's where my mind is now. So that's what I would say I'm looking up to. It's not really one person in particular. It's like collectively all the guys that are doing really cool things. That's what I would say. Uh, last question. Since we're talking to Black Wealth Renaissance, and usually we ask this question on the uh, Oglesby and Scott show, what does wealth mean to you? To me, peace of mind. That's, that's it. Like peace of mind and prosperity. Like wealth means that I can know that whatever it needs to be taken care of, I can take care of it, and my family is gonna be straight. Yeah. Like that—that's what is the ultimate goal is for me. Just knowing that my people are gonna be good. Uh, for me, it's a combination of like two things. One of them being time freedom, uh, just being able to do mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And I—I I definitely like I'm transparent. Now. That is a product of my childhood. My dad had to work a lot. My mom had to work a lot. So like I want to be able to be around and be there for my kids a lot. So that time freedom is huge and important to me. And the other thing as far as wealth is like being able to take care of your family. Uh, one thing I didn't uh, like get to say earlier, I didn't think about it until afterwards, with my grandpa, like even with him having been passed, everything is fine with my grandma. That's like, dope. If she doesn't, if she doesn't get a re- another retirement check for the rest of her life, she's still fine. Nice. Like he set it up, they bought all the land for all the mobile homes. So he was like, hey, if it all burns down and the insurance won't cover, that's we're not we still good. Like that's, that's what wealth means to me. That's dope. Man, Raphael. Um, I would pretty much say pretty much the same thing they said. Um, to me, wealth is gaining time freedom. And the other thing is knowing that my family is going to be set once I'm gone. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, for me, wealth, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. So it's tough for me to boil it down into a sentence. So I'm not going to boil it down to a sentence. We'll flesh out what you guys know my opinion on what wealth is. We've discussed it on a lot of different podcasts, but it truly was an honor to have these brothers on the show. They have a half a million followers, man. That's a lot of folks. And half a million followers to that million dollar, like you said, you gotta get that. 100 percent Yep, 100 So I mean, anything that I can lend them to get them to that number, that's what I'm here for. So maybe we'll be brainstorming and doing some masterminding because I need to do the the high we need to do high level masterminds. Like it's cool to be coaching people up, but we also got to bring folks together who have followings, figuring out how we can kind of like explode even more. So that's what I want to work on doing. Um where can they find you? Where can they follow you? And where can they support what you have going on if they don't already know? Okay, so you can follow us individually. You can follow me at David Bellard. 
Um, you can follow our page at Black Wolf Renaissance to support us. You can join BWR Academy. That's IG, BWR. right? You saying right? Oh yeah, all on IG. Um, on Twitter, uh, yeah, I forgot. It's Tweet Talk. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm David the Goliath, and our page on Twitter is BWR underscore Movement. Um, yeah, if you want to support us, you can get our book, Manage Money Like the 1%, Introduction to Personal Finance stuff right there. You, you get can that. get one of our digital products. Of course, it's one of our affiliate offerings. Learn about real estate, stocks, all that stuff. Um, you can join BWR Academy, private membership. Uh, you can text events to 337-455-7778 to get on our list so that you can know whenever we're doing like live events or different things across the nation. We're really going to be active in 2022, so I highly recommend you join the list. Oh, and uh, October 8th, we're going to be doing another one of the bosses and brunch events um in dallas again this time we're gonna be at the cowboy stadium that's dope you can join Woo! the wait list for that at www.bossesandbrunch.com yeah be there it was lit man rafael you gonna be there when is it happening so october, october 8th so we're gonna have a networking event at cowboy stadium uh, and then the next day we're gonna do the we're gonna do a workshop that morning um live podcast that evening dinner that night brunch that sat that sunday lit man sunday we gotta get you out there this time we gonna be a whole vibe this time. Right. Rafael's on a world tour, man. We, we gotta take it, man. Gotta take it on the world. Coming soon. Yeah. Um, take us out, Rafael. All right. So, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P O D. Follow myself, Rafael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion because he's the only one. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Real Todd Bill. No, at Todd Billion. And also the Todd Capital page at Todd.Capital. I'd like to leave you guys with two last tweets or two last thoughts. Charles said, so many black folks get in the bag these days. Hopefully we continue to run it up. And also I'd like to leave you with one thought from one of the speakers at the Accelerate 180 conference by the name of Connie S. Falls. And she said, you cannot create generational wealth without generational documentation. Mm -hmm. So write it all down, folks, and pass it down that way. For our Tweet Talk to Black Wealth podcast and Raphael, on behalf of Black Wealth Renaissance, myself and Charles, we yeah. are out. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holler at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.